Welcome back, Padawans, to episode 34 of the JMR Podcast. I'm your host, Jelani, a.k.a. Jedi Master Ren, and it is here where I discuss all things in my gaming life and the industry at large as I take you on a trip to a galaxy far, far away. Tonight, we'll be traveling to Bogano to track down a little buddy who's been left behind on this desolate planet. As we make our way through the stars, we'll discuss my continued thoughts on God of War Ragnarok, Xbox banning bots on Xbox Live, Saints Row developer being absorbed into Gearbox, and finally, we'll touch on some other avenues I've found for buying games on the Steam Deck. Some Falcon sweeping for you. If you like me talking to myself about games every week, use The Force and rate the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to help it reach more Padawans. You can follow the show on Twitter at the JMR Podcast to get updates on schedule changes or when a new episode has been posted. There are also links for you to send in hologram audio messages to be featured on the show as well. Now, long-time listeners already know this. I'm Zox Ambassador. Zox is a brand of elastic straps that uh, differ in rarities. And I am trying to spread the love of Zox to everybody who listens to this show because I'm telling you, I absolutely adore this brand. Right now, I'm wearing a single strap. Usually, I save this for after the spiel, but we'll get into it now. I'm wearing a single strap right now. I wanted to go for a little uh, more of a slim look. I didn't want to wear one of the um, thicker straps, um, so I decided to go for um, a singles, which is, it basically cuts the thickness in half to, to where it really feels just like a standard bracelet, like one of those uh, Livestrong bracelets. It's pretty much about that size now, um, but before, they are pretty much double uh, those Livestrong bracelets, so if you put two Livestrong strong bracelets together that's kind of the thickness you'd be looking at for a standard zock strap but i decided to go a little slim route for this week um but again as uh, I am trying to spread the love of Zox, because I am a Zox ambassador, I have a 10% code that I can get you guys. So if you use my code Jelani40328, that is J-E-L-A-N-I 40328 at Zox.la, you'll get yourself 10% off your first order. Now, let's jump to hyperspace. Alright guys, so now that we are safely in Lightspeed, let us first touch on my Jedi trainings for the week. Now, obviously, still getting into God of War. Still trying to get that story in my veins, please, as fast as possible. However, this week marks the week that the Steam Deck got me right back, guys. It got me right back. I mean, I, I literally was... Playing um, God of War, and there came to a part, and I was getting a little. It was getting a little long in the tooth for me personally. I'm not going to get into what part that is. I'm listen. As we're going to start to get into the conversation about God of War, I want to keep all of what I'm saying pretty uh, surface level because there's a lot of stuff that happens in this game that I genuinely feel like you need to experience on your own without you know, getting it spoiled by anything. So for as long as possible, I'm not going to be trying to, I'm going to be as cryptic as I can to describe my feelings for this game because I don't want to give anything away at all for the story or anything like that. I'll give you my thoughts on the story and kind of how I feel about character uh, progression and direction, but I don't want to tell, like, um, give examples of why I feel the way that I do kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Just because, again, there's just so many jaw-dropping points, at least for me personally, that uh, you you just need to experience. It's one of those. It's, it's definitely one of those, especially if you have been a part of, you know, the um, the train since 2018, you know, uh, and you've, you've saw, you saw the first part of this story then, definitely this is going to be one of those games that 
feels like uh yeah like you want to it's kind of, it's you know what it feels like it feels like um end game to infinity war that's what it feels like so it's it's just a culmination of everything coming together so smoothly and you know what let's just kind of let's rip the band-aid off and let's start getting into it and i don't mean spoilers i'm just saying let's just get into the uh, god of war conversation and uh, this game again like i said it's had i've had multiple jaw-dropping points in this game already i i believe now i'm about 15 hours in i think cuz the last time i checked was I was 11 hours in, and I've already had a, a decent playthrough since then. So I, I want to say I'm probably about 15 hours in, maybe 14. And I'm heavily enjoying myself with this game. I, I really am. And, um, you know, me getting pulled to the Steam Deck had nothing to do with God of War. It, it really just has to do with my love for the Steam Deck. It, it, that's really what it is. I can't... I'm having a hard time tearing myself away from this device. And there's a reason why I ended up like getting back over there to the Steam Deck. And we'll get into it when we get over to that part of the conversation. But um, I, God of War, Ragnarok specifically, obviously, is a phenomenal game. And I want to say it was either Joe... And I think it was, no, I, I believe it was Joe. Yeah, it was, because I was listening to their show uh, yesterday um, for last week's show. And it literally, he, he says that uh, Ragnarok feels like Empire Strikes Back. Like, this is their Empire Strikes Back. And I, I was like, whoa, that's wild. And I understand why he makes that that through line. You know what I mean? And it's it's one of those, like, this is a culmination of everything that they, all the ideas that they had, and not the bad ideas, not just, not just throwing anything at the wall, they're putting the ideas in that stuck on the wall, you know what I mean, like you're throwing pasta and seeing which one will stick faster, they're throwing all the pasta pieces that actually stayed on the wall in this game, and it's one of those games where every corner that you turn, you're gonna feel like you you know what you need to do and you know like the flow and i guess the developers putting in those cues of like okay you're going to there's a windy path and this is this gets me every time you you're on a you're on a path and it's it's you know still a pretty linear experience in some of the different realms that you go into it's not like um in, in a immense open world and i mean it wasn't an open world for 2018 either but it, it you do have open areas but most of it is going to be linear most of it is linear and i i do like that and i've, I've noticed um as i've gotten older i am liking more linear experiences as opposed to open world games and I remember there was a time where I I never wanted to play linear games because it just felt like they ended too quickly and now obviously having a kid I'm like you know a linear experience where I don't have to worry about you know checking every single thing off the box I can keep on going down this path and you know I might have to go off the beaten path to get some collectibles but that's fine that's all a part of the fun but in a sprawling open world, like, I'm still chipping away at Cyberpunk, you know, like, I and I'm enjoying it, don't get me wrong, but I'm, I'm slowly but surely chipping away, like, I, again, I'm at Endgame, but I, I've stopped myself, and I'm going back, and I'm doing side quests, and I'm doing other gigs and stuff like that, and just trying to keep my playthrough alive in that game, because there's just so much, and 
you know, that's fine and dandy, but I can't do that with every single game. So yeah, linear games are kind of my cup of tea right now. And I do like the linear nature of some of these realms that you get into. But like I'm saying, as you're going down this path that is quite linear, you there is a kind of beaten path. And it's not even a you're going crazy like down a completely different way. It's literally just like a curve. It's just, you, you, you're, there's a fork in the road, and all it does is just bellows out, and then they come, both paths meet right around, like, probably about 10 steps uh, ahead of you. So, it's nothing drastic, but guess what? You, you, if you're following your um, AI partner, well, they're usually going the way that the game wants you to go. And that's kind of what I noticed. And... As you, you know, you can use that to figure out, okay, if they're going down that way, that means that's the that's the golden path. So I'm going to go down this path. There's got to be something down that way then. Why, would el why else would they put a, a second path there if there's not going to be something down it? And sure enough, there always is. And even, even when there's that little tiny fork in the road where it does, you know, meet back up, you're still finding like at least some kind of hack silver on the ground, or um, well, usually it is just hack silver uh, on those little paths. But again, that's still something. And you, I, every time that comes up, I know something's over there. And that's a level of, or that's, I was going to say, a level of level design, but it is. I mean, it's a standard of level design that they are holding themselves to because you can see it, it's all throughout the game. There is not a part in the game where that is not the case. I've seen things where in the corner of my eye, you can see it just peeking through a chest or something like that. And, you know, there's obviously audio cues when with your uh, different partners and everything. They'll Like, there was one instance where... Um, uh, one of my partners was like, hey, I think you're missing some loot over here. And I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? I am the loot master, okay? I don't miss loot. So there is an importance to level design when it comes to making a game. And this shows that, you know, it, how you're able to show your, the, your consumer, the player, how, you know, they can get different things, how they need to move about the world, how they need to explore the, uh, within the world that they're in or that they're occupying. Those are different things that you need a whole team for, and there's a reason why. And, you know, obviously some games do it well. God of War Ragnarok and God of War, realistically, are are um, in that staple. But then there are games that don't, and, you know, it is what it is. But this is a testament to how good it can be, where you're not really, the gamer feels like, empowered because they can tackle anything that comes up anything that is uh thrown at them because the game tells them exactly what is necessary or teaches them uh i should say now the fun factor here this game is you know i loved god of war and that's the thing I feel like everybody, most people, you know, heavily enjoyed God of War 2018 when they played it. I have not heard anybody that did not love God of War. Now, I, you know, going back, I've tried to go back to God of War multiple times to go through it, but I'm like, man, I've already played this story. I've already seen the story. I've seen the things. I've seen the stuff. And this is one of those games where, you know, it, it, after about maybe five years going back, you know, not having heard anything about it, going back and f seeing uh, this entire story through, that's probably the way to do it. But 
when I tried to go back to God of War, you know, um, two years after, I, I, the story's still fresh. I still, you know, it, I wasn't remembering it in my day-to-day life, you know, but as soon as I picked up the sticks and started playing it again, it started coming back, and I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. And I'm like, you know, it, it, it kind of took that experience away from me, and I really... I didn't understand why at the time, and now I'm understanding. I just wanted a new experience with these characters. You know what I mean? I wanted these. I wanted to be back with them and be in this world that Santa Monica has created. But I had already experienced 2018. So jumping into Ragnarok, I am getting these the same exact feelings that I got with 2018, where I just don't want to put the game down, but at the same time. It's just so good, and I want it. I, I don't want to put the game down number one because of the gameplay, but then number two because of how deep the story is and how connected I feel to each of these characters. And in this one, it's even more so because again, obviously, we're going deeper into these uh, different characters that we already know, and we're seeing different sides of them, and we're seeing these characters grow before our eyes we're seeing them different you know when they start this off they already are different from when we knew them back in 2018 but then as you start to you know as the game progresses you're watching them change you don't really see that in 2018 you know you you kind of have the both characters kind of set in stone for the majority of the game and then there's a change for atreus and then towards the end you see kind of a shift for kratos but then in this is where you're seeing kind of a, a a dance right now of like kind of a back and forth of everybody changing all at the same time. And again, maybe because everybody is understood that or everybody understands that Ragnarok is upon them. So there's a lot of emotions that are happening there. But I, there's a lot just, you know, to be said about everything that these characters are having to go through right now. So, yeah, there's a, obviously there's a lot that's shifting, you know, beneath them even. But it's even deeper than that. You know, psyches, you know, um, how you're viewing the world around you, stuff like that. These are things that every character seems like they're having to battle and that they're dealing with. And it's really awesome to see. And again, like I said, just wanting a new experience with these characters is, I think, all I needed. That's all I think I needed to get right back on my hype train for God of War. Because this game is phenomenal. Like, honestly, and I'm sitting here thinking and I'm debating. Obviously, we got the um, the Game, Award no- or Game Awards nominees earlier this week, I believe on Monday. And God of War is on there. Horizon Forbidden West as well, and Elden Ring. Those are the main ones that are going to be duking it out. I, 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 At least that's what I feel. Um, but, you know, with God of War, it's definitely up there for me, for sure. It's It, it skyrockets above Elden Ring, un, unfortunately for me. I am very interested to see where um, my buddy at work, uh, Jordan, where he puts this. Because he literally loves Elden Ring and loves Souls-like games to a T. You know what I mean? Like, he is a Souls-like uh, gamer, for sure. Like, that, he loves every single one of the games. He's played all of them, beaten all of them, absolutely adores them. But, he also is really, really into God of War Ragnarok right now. Every time we go to work, we're, we're hashing it out. We're talking about things, theorizing, uh, you know, uh, discussing character development and stuff like that. And he literally is in love with both games. 
And I'm wondering where he's going to land. You know what I mean? What would his game of the year be for 2022? Me, Elden Ring, it's a good game. It's fine. I I think, I think right now it would make my top 10 list. But again, that's that. It, it, I don't know where on the top 10 it's going to land right now. I really don't. I can tell you without a doubt, God of War is probably top three. It is probably one. It's probably in my top three. If I've got to, if I've got to imagine, I haven't moved it around in my on my GG app yet. But you know, if I'm really looking at everything, the only game that comes close to God of War right now is Horizon Forbidden West. And honestly, though, like because I wasn't super connected to Horizon Zero Dawn, I really don't feel like it's going to have that much of an impact by the time I get to the end of God of War, Ragnarok. You know, like, I had so much of a connection to the first game. Then getting to the second game, you know, and now having a kid, I am feeling much more connected to Kratos as a parent. You know what I mean? And I, I was already connected to him kind of on that level before because I was like, I like that, you know, we're seeing him as a dad and trying to toy and tackle with what that means for him as the god of war and now seeing him you know as a dad like me as a dad and seeing him changing as a dad and growing as a dad as I have had to do over these last three years it's it's one of those things where I feel even more connected to this character and I would have never gotten this had I uh played through you know had I played any of the original games you know what I mean like that's not e e this the original games have nothing to do with that feeling that I'm getting from Kratos being a dad to Atreus you know what I mean like that in and of itself is contained within God of War 2018 and God of War Ragnarok and that's the character that I am resonating with so I'm not really resonating with old God of War I'm resonating with the God of War that has been presented to us within the last four years. And I got to tell you, like, uh, Christopher Judge, if that man does not win for best um, best actor in a video game, best voice actor, I, I don't know who could, or best performance. I think that was what um, what the award is that he's nominated for. I, if he doesn't win for, for this, I, I can't, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. Because, like, it, you can hear the emotion bellowing through him with every line that he says even through that stark freaking uh dark tone that not dark tone but that deep tone that he has you can feel the emotion and you can feel it shake the ground with the power of kratos <laughs> or the power of the god of war you know what i mean like either way you guys get my point and my drift but i am heavily enjoying this game and i cannot wait to see where it goes and and, and kind of how it's going to end. You know what I mean? But the characters in this, and again, that's where I want to leave it because that's, I, I think that's where most of my conversation with this game is kind of centering is just the characters and, and, you know, the, the story that is being told here. It's just, it's unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable. And it's one of those things where, again, Coming from 2018 and going into this game, they definitely, like I said last week, it is a step forward from what they did. And yes, it does feel like more God of War. It does feel the same. But again, Joe and Kyle put it perfectly last week. They um, are on the trophy room. They 
why fix something that's not broken? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. If you have a good base, you keep that base and you build on top of it. And that's what they did here. Everything that they've put into this game feels different, but also feels similar in the mechanics that they've already taught you from the first game. So with that, that it's 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 a fantastic, fantastic sequel. And I honestly, I I would not be surprised if it makes it to my number one game of the year this year. But as I said at the top, guys, it might be good, but not good enough to keep me away from the Steam Deck. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just playing. But again, I did get taken away and I did not think it was going to happen this quickly. You know, I, I assumed that, you know, when... A new hotness. Whenever the new hotness on one of the consoles comes out, it's going to take me back from the Steam Deck, and then I'm probably going to... Then maybe the Steam Deck goes on the shelf and is on hiatus for, you know, a couple weeks or so. And that's not been the case. That has not been the case. Now, again, I have been playing a lot more on my, my PS5 this week, you know, trying to knock out God of War. And again, I'm trying to knock it out because we still have Callisto Protocol coming uh, next month and some other games too that are coming on uh, onto Game Pass. Uh, High on Life is another one that I am very much anticipating. So I would like to play that on um, the Xbox. So I've got, a, I've got two games that I need to get through in December. So I would like to have God of War completed by then, so at, or at least by Callisto. So then that way I can put my focus there. However... Got the Steam Deck here, and it keeps trying to bide for my attention. So, I started off, and, and really what it was, you know, I was just bored a little bit, and I was just kind of, um, just toying around, I'm like, you know what, let me see how easy it is to install Windows on, um, on the deck. And, uh, turns out it's not as seamless as I wanted it to be, so I was like, yeah, never mind. But, then I was like, you know what, I want to see if I can find a... Or figure out how to get a Star Wars um, opening for the Steam Deck. You know, for when uh, uh, an opening video for the Steam Deck. I told you guys how I have the, um, what is it called? Or I had the um, Futurama um, video play as the Steam Deck kind of booted up. But now I've got something different. And I will get into my customizations that I that I was able to do um, and later on in the video. Or it, video. Later on in the, in the show. But, um... As I was trying to figure out different or trying to figure out that, I kind of got deeper into some customization. So, you know what? We'll kind of touch on it here. Why, why not? Why not, guys? So, um, like I said, I did get a Star Wars um, video to open up and or when the Steam Deck is booting up. And it basically is, if you guys are watching any Star Wars content on Disney+, Plus. You see that video of all of the different helmets and the different characters, and it kind of flashes uh, black, uh, red, and blue based on if you're uh, the enemy, or if you're on the dark side or the light side. It's blue for light, dark for or red for dark side, obviously, and it does that. But then at the very end, it has a Steam Deck. And then the last thing that pops up instead of Star Wars, it just says Steam Deck, and it has the exact same uh, audio for that you that it does for that little thing that happens. And I absolutely adore it. It is fantastic. Now I've also got some other um, boot up videos. That's what they are. I'm sorry. I've literally been trying to figure out what the heck that uh, their terminology was. Boot up videos. Yeah. So um, I did all of this 
by turning on developer mode on the Steam Deck. So that is kind of where I got into. So I, I was trying to figure out how to get a the Star Wars theme on or the Star Wars boot up video. And then I kind of got into the weeds on YouTube and I remembered, oh, I found a video that where I can actually customize the Steam Deck. So let me actually search to see if I can find a, you know, a more recent video. So I searched, there was one that was put up a month ago, and I literally followed this thing step by step, and within, I'd say, well, realistically, it took about an hour, but it wouldn't have taken that long. I was doing other things, I was trying to help uh, my wife with our kid, so uh, there was some other things going on as I was trying to do this, so it wasn't like, if I had done it like from start to finish and just knocked it out right then and there, it would have taken probably about 20 minutes and it would have been done, because it was very seamless, and the uh, the dude whose video I watched, I, can, I do not remember who it was, but um, he was, I mean, again, very, uh, very straightforward. That's all it was. It was a very quick tutorial. Um, and again, immediately got everything set up exactly how it needed to be and started downloading different things. So you have to get your Steam Deck into developer mode. That's the key to this. You have to get it in developer mode and then you've got to run, uh, restart it. So once you do that, it allows you to, um, I guess, put, uh, it gives you different accesses to where you can now put plugins on, well, actually, no, I apologize, because there is a script that you have to run to where you can put plugins and start to um, customize it, but it is a little, I, I'm not going to sit here and explain it because I'm, I'm not the one to sit here and do that, but I am the one to tell you that it does work, and if you do search that on there about how to customize your Steam Deck, you will be able to find a plethora of videos on how to get it situated and how to get it all set up, but again, you have to put it in developer mode, and that is the reason that I kind of stayed away from it to begin with, but I don't think that it's a bad thing to do. I haven't had any issues with it, you know, and that's another reason that I kind of wanted to stay on the Steam Deck for a little bit, because I wanted to see if there was going to be any chugging in performance or anything by me doing this and by me enabling um, this developer mode, but from what I've seen so far, nothing has, uh, you know, been running really slow or doing anything uh, that is out of the ordinary, so... Very cool, and I mean, again, like, the amount of customization that I now have on here, like, let me put it to you this way. My side panels, whenever you bring up the Steam menu or the um, the uh, other tab on the other side, I don't know exactly what that's, uh, what that's called. We'll say the system menu, because I feel like that's what it probably is. But when you bring up the Steam menu or your systems menu, um, both of them now have a purple underlay to them. And uh, I don't know if y'all know this, but purple is my favorite color over here. So um, I absolutely adore that I'm able to now have a completely customized Steam Deck with a color of my choosing. And... Uh, I can customize the font, I was able to customize the color, so now I've got like a blue and white uh, contrast to go with the purple. When you actually go to your library and to your home, you see all of your different icons in a different manner. Because again, I've changed the theme now, so everything is set up differently, especially as, again when you go to your library as well, everything is set up in this uh, kind of like a comic book um, shelf landscape in a sense. And I, I'm telling you, this thing, like, the, the customization that you're able to do with it, and again, you have to, you know, you do have to put in a little bit of work, but once you get that work in, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty seamless, and it's a awesome thing to have where you can completely make your deck look unique, 
and like it's 100% yours. I can tell you guys, I can talk to you and tell you exactly, you know, why I did something or how I did it or, you know, go through how my Steam Deck looks and how I have it set up. And I just love that, you know, I can go to somebody else and they can have a completely different looking Steam Deck compared to mine. And again, that's if you want to. A, a majority of people are not going to want to go that deep into the customization because it is, there is a little bit of work that you have to do. But if you're okay with putting in that work, you can really have a a unique and personal device to yourself that again you can't really get with the consoles that we have right now and again you could on the last consoles on uh, ps4 you could with your themes but you can't do that on ps5 there are no themes for ps5 anymore um there are themes on the xbox series consoles so that's cool and i do like the themes on there i actually just booted up the series s last night and my, uh, the wife and i watched um a movie in the bedroom and it, actually it was uh what was it called uh, don't worry, darling. If you guys haven't seen that one, oh boy, don't look up anything. I don't look up anything for the movie. Just go in and watch it. Just watch it. I'm telling you, you will not be disappointed. It is fantastic. The cast is great. They got Nick Kroll there. They got Chris Pine, Harry Styles, uh, ooh, Florence Plug. I, I almost forgot her name. Almost forgot her name, but I do remember. Yes, and uh, so I'm telling you, it's it's an all-star cast. It's it it was real good. It was real good. But either way, booted up the series S, and I saw that I had the um the grounded background on for the series S, and I was like, oh man, that's super cool. I like that, and it is a dynamic one. So you have some like um some autumn flowers or autumn flowers, autumn leaves falling from the trees. You know what I'm saying? So it's 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 nice. It's nice as we are in autumn right now. We're in fall. So I, I do like it. And you do get that little sense of personalization. Again, too, you can customize the color and everything on there as well. So you can personalize your device, you know, to an extent. But I completely changed the UI and the way that things look on this Steam Deck with these methods. And again, with putting it in developer mode. So I, you know, that is kind of why I got taken away from God of War, because I started getting into this customization on the Steam Deck, and then I just wanted to keep playing games on it and keep trying to see some different things. So I did continue some of Cyberpunk. I will say Johnny Silverhand is getting, getting, becoming more tolerable. I've, I've started doing more of um, his side quests and trying to... Uh, you know, finish his storyline out, and I'm actually really enjoying where it's taken me so far, so I'm excited to continue that and to uh, finish that up, but, um, you know, the one, the next game that I think I'm going to be grabbing on the Steam Deck is probably going to be Miles Morales. Miles drops tomorrow on uh, Friday, and I absolutely cannot wait for Miles, and again, I play, I play Miles every, well, every since 2020, um, every Christmas, I try to, I tried playing it last year, I didn't play it all the way, but I do want to play it, um, next year, so then that way I can keep a tradition going, that's gonna be my Christmas game, so, I do want to, uh, experience a Spider-Man game on the Steam Deck, and with it coming in at 50 bucks, I can get it a lot cheaper, and we will discuss a little later some different methods, of acquiring said title. But let us move on from our Jedi trainings or my Jedi trainings to some holocrons that I have for you guys for the day. Now, I only have two for you guys, so don't get upset. 
because they are good ones, all right, guys? They are going to be good. But we're going to first be touching on Xbox banning some bots. I heard this on Kind of Funny, and I thought this was funny, and I wanted to discuss it. So let us get into this. This is by mybroadband.co.za, and this is by Miles Eilidge. He writes, Xbox's first ever transparency report reveals over 4.33 million bot accounts bans. In its first ever transparency report, Xbox has revealed that it proactively banned over 4.33 million accounts on its network. The Microsoft uh, uh sorry, the Microsoft owned gaming company said it took proactive enforcement against inauthentic or bot accounts, adding that the figure represents 57% of enforcements in the reporting period. Quote Inauthentic accounts are typically automated or bot-created accounts that create an unlevel playing field and can detract from positive player experiences, end quote, Xbox said. Quote, our proactive moderation, up nine times from the same period last year, allows us to catch negative content and, conduct before, uh, and conduct before it reaches players, end quote. Proactive enforcement refers to action against inauthentic or compromised accounts without user reports. The company previously focused on reactive enforcement. For, for, the, for reference, Xbox issued 2.24 million reactive enforcement dur um, enforcements during the second half of 2021 and only proactively took action against 461,000 accounts. Notably, Xbox's network of players submitted over 33 million reports during the first six months of this year, with most of them focused on toxic players. Reports were dominated by players accused of cheating and poor conduct, accounting for 43% of reports, and abusive communication, which amounted to 46% of reports. 11% of player reports rel um, relate to offensive nicknames and screenshots. According to The Verge, Xbox is standing its ground with most of the enforcements, with only around 9,250 accounts being reinstated through over 151,000 case appeals. All right, guys, so that is all we have there. Now, the reason I wanted to talk about this is, number one, very good that Xbox is taking a proactive approach to this and is trying to, you know, get ahead of this and deal with these bots because, yeah, bots do run a little rampant, you know? And the reason that I found this funny is because I had a similar issue. I was attacked by bots, guys. Not on Xbox, and this was not even a part of this situation, not even this year. This was on PlayStation probably about three years ago. And legit, I and I, I bring this up because I heard this, like, again, I heard this on Kind of Funny, uh, I, like I said, I think it on uh, Tuesday, I think? Um, and Blessing said that he got uh, attacked by some bots on Xbox. And I was like, huh, I did as well in the same fashion but on X or on PlayStation. And it is the bots that are trying to be like, oh, you know, like, uh, hey, cutie, how are you doing? Like, what do you, you know, what's your name? Or do you want to play a game with me or some crap like that? Like, trying to flirt. They're flirtatious bots, man. What is going on? And I'm like, bro, like, I, you, I, I know you're a bot. So I ended up messaging back to one of them once because it was to a point where I was getting. I mean, like, at least three different messages a day from, like, three different accounts. And I'm like, this, and they all said the exact same thing, pretty much. Like, hey, maybe a little bit different here and there. But, like, 
it was getting to a point where I was like, bro, this is this is ridiculous. This is absolutely absurd. And I didn't realize that it was, I figured it was like, okay, it's either a bot or it's somebody. So I started messaging him to find out. Sure enough, yeah, definitely a bot because everything I was saying, the responses for what I was saying were, uh, you know, not prevalent, let's just say. Because I was saying things like, I'm an old man in a senior home who just shat himself and um, I need to be taken to the, uh, to the nurse. And... That is not, and the response I got was, it had nothing to do with old people. I think it, I think they laughed and said, do you want to, do, like, do, I don't even know. I don't even remember because, honestly, it was three years ago and I've, I've had a kid since then. So, um, you know, more important things to tackle. But I just thought it was kind of funny that, you know, we're still seeing this issue and that these companies are still having to deal with these things and still having to, you know, figure out ways and new methods to go about combating this bot issue um, and how they're affecting their consumers. I just find that hilarious, especially since now this is the other end. This is Xbox side of things. This was happening to me on PlayStation side of things, you know, so you're not safe anywhere, basically is what I'm saying. But Good to see that Xbox is, you know, doing their due diligence and trying to figure out new methods and, you know, a um, a more proactive way of dealing with these bots to try to make a better experience for their consumer base. Awesome. But let us move over to our next holocron of the night, guys, because I've got some news for you. Apparently, Saints Row developer Volition is no more. Volition will become part of Gearbox after the disappointing reception to the remake of Saints Row. This is from Chris Scullion over at VGC. He writes, Volition will soon become part of Gearbox following a disappointing reception to its Saints Row reboot, Embracer Group has announced. In a statement released alongside its second quarter earnings results, Embracer CEO Lars Wingfers explained that Volition will be switching operative uh, groups from PlayOn, formerly Koch Media, to Gearbox Entertainment. Quote, The reception of Saints Row did not meet the full expectations and left the fanbase partially polarized, he said. The game development studio, Volition, has been working hard to improve the player experience, end quote. While the game disappointed uh, critically, Wingfer said, quote, Financially, Saints Row has performed in line with the management expectations in the quarter. Going forward, Volition will transition to become part of Gearbox, which has all the tools, including an experienced management team in the U.S., to create future successes or to create future success at Volition. This is the first internal group transfer where we transfer a major studio between operative groups, but it's not necessarily the last, end quote. The decision coincides with the release of the first major update for Saints Row, which went live on Wednesday. It contains over 200 improvements with a, quote, particular focus on stability and co-op gameplay issues, end quote. According to Volition, this major update, quote, is just the start of our ongoing support for Saints Row in 2022 and beyond, end quote. Wingfers had previously said he was personally disappointed by the reception to Saints Row when he spoke during Embracer's AGM in September. Quote, personally, I had hoped for a greater reception to the game. It's been very polarizing. There are a lot of things that could be said in detail around it, but I'm with one hand happy to see lots of gamers and fans happy. And at the same time, I'm a bit sad to, uh, to also see fans not happy. So it's difficult, he said at a time. 
I think we need to wait for the quarterly report in November to have more details around this. We're still fairly early in our release, or in our release window, and still collecting data. And there is also bug fixing and more content coming. On the financial side, I know or I'm confident we will make money on the investment. Would it have as great a return on investment as we have seen in many other games? Not very likely, but we will make money, and there's a very good starting point at least. End quote. VGC's Saints Row review labeled the game a, quote, buggy, dull mess, end quote, and it currently has a score of 61 to 65 on review uh, aggregation site Metacritic. And, all right, guys, so that is all we have there. And I've got to say, I did not see that coming. You know, obviously, Saints Row didn't land on the best of terms, on the best foot, right? But for them to be brought into Gearbox, hmm, you know, I get it, I do understand it, because it's like, you know, when you're, you're, when you're really thinking of, like, what has Volition done as of late, you know, like, this was supposed to be their magnum opus, this was supposed to be Volition coming back to form, coming back to what made everything good and grand, you know, about the Saints Row franchise, and about them specifically, that was what this game was supposed to be, and it they, it just it just missed the mark, you know. Like, I, I I was really digging it towards the beginning, but like you know, it, it, it get it got real repetitive. It got real repetitive. Um, so unfortunately, there I can understand why they you know they feel or you know embracer feels like this is what needs to happen they need to put them with gearbox and again they 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 made somewhat of a good point like gearbox has a good management a a stable management crew over there and maybe they can help volition you know um experience not experience but create the dreams and the projects that they want to if that is the case and if that is really what's going to happen are they going to still be able to create the things that they want or does this just mean they're going to be working on Gearbox's stuff now? You know what I mean? I guess that's stuff that we're going to have to wait and see. But, you know, this is what it is when, you know, you're a part of a big uh, mothership, basically. You have to, you got to play by ball. And if your game is not doing the necessary things by their standards, there's going to be shifts. There are going to be things that happen. They say it here that this probably and might potentially happen again with one of our other studios that we've got under our belt. So just be prepared. Like, And that was probably a message to the industry as well as an industry to their studios. Like, hey, guys, just know if you're not hitting the numbers that we think you should be, you you might be, you know, put in with another studio. Just FYI. So just keep it up. You know, keep up the good work. Um, But yeah, so like... Do I like seeing this? It is kind of sad. I'm not going to lie. Like, to see that Volition is just going to be kind of consumed by Gearbox in in this manner. Um, just because of Saints Row. Like, I do feel like there was, this is a good step in the direction that they needed to go. This is definitely better than what they did with um, Agents of Mayhem, in my opinion. But I can understand why, you know, we have this turmoil and, again, why it's so polarizing, as they like to say. Um, I can understand that, but maybe, and again, 
do we see them? They they do want to continue supporting Saints Row. They said that they want to continue supporting it through throughout. I I would assume 2023, considering it just dropped this year. So I we just got a, a decent up uh, update to the game. So hopefully we do see more um work done, and we see them still provide that support and that you know um those updates are still coming. But are we gonna see more from Saints Row after this? That's the real question, and I really, honestly, with Volition going in and being a part of Gearbox now, why would they? I don't see it really happening at this point. If they're being, if they're getting consumed by Gearbox and becoming a part of Gearbox because of the bad reception to Saints Row, which is their IP, why would they even put more money into it again when this was supposed to be... This was supposed to get people hyped for Saints Row again, and it obviously didn't. So why continue down this path? It's, I guess, where I'm kind of sitting at. But that's that's all we've got, guys. That's all I've got for the Holocrons. But let us kind of get closer to Bogano here as we come out of hyperspace. And as we hang in the atmosphere, I want to touch on different places that I have been getting my Steam Deck games and kind of building my Steam Deck library. And literally talking about deep silver right here as I pull this up um but I again as you know as y'all all know I like to game on a budget I ball on a budget all day every day I like to game on a budget as well if I can little did I know how many how much of a budget I was able to game on with the steam deck you know what I mean like there's 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 Deals on deals on deals. You just can't get away from deals with the Steam Deck. It just, it, they just come naturally. But, like I said, guys, it's not the only place that I, that you can get games for the Steam Deck. And over the last, I'd say, three weeks, I have been using this site called Fanatical.com. And I have to say, man, this site here is awesome. It is absolutely amazing. They have deeper deals than Steam themselves. Than the Steam store itself. They got deeper deals. They're undercutting on some of these deals here. And they also have different deals. You know what I mean? So some things they have that are the same. Some things they have completely different deals. But then they also have bundles that you can put together. That you can do. And the bundles are, oh boy, the bundles are fun. And the reason I actually found this is through a bundle. So I was listening to um, the Nerdness podcast, and he started talking about the, um, I think it was the Platinum Bundle that uh, they had during, uh, they had it for a while, it just um, expired. But I think that one was one where you could choose different games that you wanted to, uh, like, you could choose the games that you wanted, but there are other ones where you can, they just have a bundle ready for you. You, you got seven games here, and this is the bundle. It's 20 bucks or whatever, 10, 20 bucks. They, and they range in different prices. Um, they have mystery bundles where you don't know what game you're going to get. And you can ha you can uh, figure out if you want how many keys do you want? Do you want to have ten keys or do you want to just have uh, four? Do you want to have uh, six? How many do you want? And we can kind of work it out. You can, like I said, build your own bundle as well. They right now it's their tenth year anniversary, so they've got a birthday bundle that they're uh, that they've been doing for uh, a decent amount of time. And I'm telling you, man, like the amount of deals that you can find on this site is absolutely crazy and again these bundles 
are a steal. A steal. I've bought a bunch of bundles from here so far. And again, I haven't gone, like, and gotten the whole, like, seven bundles or anything like that. I actually did buy a set, uh, I bought a Star Wars, uh, collection bundle for 20 bucks. I think I got eight or eight to ten games, and they were, they're not, like, you know, crazy good Star Wars games. I'm good, as in, like, brand new Star Wars games. They're, like, old, old Star Wars games. You know what I mean? Like, uh, PS1 generation kind of thing. It's, uh, uh, some of them, honestly, might have even been before it preceded PS1. But, um, they definitely are older, but still nostalgic and still ones that I would like to get into if I can get them working on the Steam Deck, obviously. Um, but some of them did, some of them did, and I was, I, I was excited and, and enjoying my time playing some old older Star Wars games that I, you know, never had a chance to play myself, but again, all of those games, 20 bucks, and this pack was originally like an $80, um, bundle, but it was on sale for that much on Fanatical, so again, uh, when you have all of these different avenues and different paths that you can go through to get these different games for the Steam Deck, it's just like, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, the price is a little, you know, it's it's up there. It's the price of a console, I get it. But the games that you can get here and the different methods that you have for getting and acquiring software for this, for this device are unbelievable. It's super seamless. So, again... Um, I, as I was touching on, I do plan on grabbing, um, Miles Morales on launch day tomorrow, because I do, I, I've kind of been biding my time, I wanted to get into Spider-Man, the original Spider-Man, and I've just been like, mmm, 60 bucks for Spider-Man when I've already played it, mmm, mmm, I'm like, you know what? It was on sale, like, last week, or not last week, last month it was on sale for 50 bucks, and I was like, should I get it? on sale I'm like but it's only 10 bucks off like is that really worth it right now is that a, a good sale that's worth it and I'm like honestly it's kind of not like I mean not saying it's not worth it for Spider-Man like that is worth it I just didn't want to spend that much money right then and that for that deal like I didn't feel like that deal was pertinent enough to kind of jump on before it's gone like I was like I can if I wait I will just spend the extra 10 and get it for 60 it's fine but I then thought hmm you know Miles Morales is supposed to launch next month, and that game should be 50 bucks. So maybe just wait for that, and then bam, I, I, I can still get a Spider-Man game for 50 bucks. plus it's Miles, and it's around Christmas time, so that's, like, perfect. And it's new, so then I can get it there. Now, with it being new, on Fanatical, they like to put games on a little discount. Little 10% discount off the top. For brand new games before they even launch. So right now as I'm looking at it right here. As a featured deal. Spider-Man Miles Morales for Steam. 45 bucks. So you are able to get this game. For a little bit off. On Fanatical. Just like how kind of uh, PlayStation does. With their games. Uh, with their games on their on PSN. They sometimes will give you games. For a little discount. You know before they launch. Uh, Sifu I believe was like that. I think they that game was I think 35. When you know originally it's 40. Um, so a they do that a lot. And I do like that. But I don't see that over on like the Steam store. However it's over here on Fanatical. And I think that's really cool that. With this service, and uh, and again, it is a service because they're providing you with this, you know, with games at a discounted rate. But with this, their um, this site, you're able to kind of get a little bit of that feeling of like, you know, being a PS Plus member or being on a subscription plan with this Steam Deck, even though you're absolutely not. 
And another site, now I have not bought anything from this site specifically, but this still is a site that I probably will be if I find something on here that is like, okay, yeah, I definitely want to get in on this. But this will basically create a legitimate like subscription service for you and your Steam Deck, in a sense, in a sense. This is called the Humble Bundle site. <laughs> the Humble Bundle site. Humblebundle.com. And literally, this site will give you games monthly to add to your collection forever. And you pay a monthly subscription fee. I believe it's like 10 bucks, And then you just get eight games. Eight codes for games. So this month, they've got Hell Let Loose. They've got Kingdoms of Avalar, Re-Reckoning, Shadow Tactics, RoboQuest, Eldest Souls, Unmetal, Raji and Ancient Epic, Morbid the Seven Acolytes, and, oh, that's it. So, legitimately, like, with these two different things, you're able to create a subscription service, or a, a, sim a sort of subscription service on the Steam Deck. Now, out of all of those names that I just listed, I looked at all of them, and only about four of them are, number one, they, you know, look like a game that's for me, number one, but number two, are actually Steam Deck um, playable or um, verified. So, to me, for me, I'm like, ah, I don't really, that's not, I don't need to get this right this second. I don't need to jump on any of these. Even the four games that they are, they're not games that I'm like hankering for or that I have had a hankering for at all. So, I'm like, you know what? I'm okay to kind of wait. But, I've got this on the ready to pull the trigger at whatever month that um, when I get on here and I see what the games are. Yeah, I'll probably be signing up for, you know, one of these, I'm sure. But, again, like that creates this this level of uh, a kind of subscription feeling for the Steam Deck and a good way for you to get immediately eight games for free. And again, they're not free, they're 10 bucks, but if we're talking about $10 and you get eight games, that's that you know you're you're not paying much for each of those games in in, in all in all intensive purposes. Having these different avenues to get these different games and getting more software on the Steam Deck is an awesome thing to have and an awesome way to save money. Like I'm telling you, the Fanatical has saved me so much money. I believe, yeah, I just got uh, Dead Rising 4. When I got Dead Rising 4, I got it on there. I got it on Fanatical for I believe like five dollars, like a forty dollar game. Five bucks on Fanatical. Granted, it is on sale now on the on Steam Store for like seven dollars. But again, I still got it for five dollars on Fanatical. So still making a deal, but still, I th their their deal beat freaking Steam's deal on their own site. So again, awesome way to save some money on some games. If you don't mind, you know, going online and putting in a code just to get it on your on your wallet, I don't understand why anybody would, or to get it in your library, but if you're saving money, why wouldn't you do that? You know what I'm saying? We can all put in a code. I'm fine with it. You should be fine with it, too. But, guys, I think it's time we touch down on Bogano and pick up our buddy, BD1. Thank you for joining me on episode 34 of the JMR Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Jedi Master Ren. Remember, the R in Ren is the same R for Master. And don't forget, you can follow the show there as well for all future updates. Be sure to use my code, Jelani40328 at Zox.LA. But as always, guys, may the Force be with you. <laughs>